Hello, and welcome to the Formal Review. Today, we'll be having a very special episode. Now sit back, relax, grab your drinks, and let's talk about these movies. What's up, y'all, and welcome back to the Formal Review. This is Season 4, Episode 33, and I thank you all for tuning in once again. So this is the season finale for the Formal Review because we have reached the end of award season. Last week's episode was the final episode in the award season series where I watched all of the films that have been nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, all the acting categories, and then a few other categories such as screenplay and plus a few others. So this episode is going to be covering my predictions of who will win the awards and then afterwards I will be going through the ranking of the season's best films along with my favorite film. I do think there's a difference so you're gonna have to stay tuned to hear it. 2021 was an interesting year to say the least. Obviously, the pandemic was still going on and the movie business was obviously still being affected. It wasn't as good as we had hoped going into it, but it wasn't as bad either. Domestic US box office revenue rose to $4.5 billion in 2021 as the theatrical business still struggled to recover from the initial part of the COVID-19 pandemic. While that is up 101% over 2020, it's still very far behind pre-pandemic levels. According to Comscore, revenue for 2021 was nearly 60% behind 2019, which was $11.4 billion. And looking it up, the last time that the domestic revenue came in around $4.5 billion was 29 years ago in 1992. However, there were some positives in the theatrical business, such as women in American cinema, which continued a trend that began about four years ago that changed a 60-year-old trend. And this was that prior to four years ago, only 13 to 21% of American films from the late 1950s to 2017 had women in starring roles. In 2018, this shot up to 33%, and then again to 34% in 2019, 39% in 2020, and then went to 37% last year. Now also last year, we also saw an increase of big Hollywood musicals, such as In the Heights, West Side Story, and Tick, Tick, Boom. And these films had people dancing in the streets but didn't really feel old-fashioned in any way and it was a really nice thing to see these types of things during times when we really couldn't see everyone that we wanted to or do everything that we wanted to do now before I get into anything I do want to say that I'm going to be doing even more of a attempt to not spoil the films for anyone here since these are fairly recent I do not want to spoil them for you I'm just gonna talk about it in a basic sense and predictions I have for the 2021 season so you don't have to worry about that but if you really don't want to hear anybody's thought I don't know why you're listening to this anyway so I would just keep listening on honestly also I know I talk about this at the end but the data shows that most people don't listen to that part so I want to talk about it here and reiterate the importance of leaving reviews on your favorite subscription services I do read those because I do want to grow because these episodes are really for all you listeners out there and I want to keep this entertaining so what do you want to hear do you want to hear games do you want to hear more of the 4k stuff do you want to hear me talk about a certain movie if you want to come on and talk to me about something for you want to debate I'm always open to do stuff like that so you can always reach out to me on social media i always want to grow and improve and just because something works doesn't mean that it cannot be improved so if there's something that you want me to improve on let me know and i will grow as such so let's sit back relax grab your drinks and let's talk about these movies
it's like one week until the Oscar ceremony. Here are the formal review predictions for the contenders, which will or should come away with the big prizes. And we can start here first with the screenplay awards. So original screenplay, the nominees are Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Liquor's Pizza, and Worth the Worst Person in the World. Now original screenplay, I think is one of those things that obviously needs to be something that I would say is it obviously needs to be a good story and developed well in a way and really should be able to either tell a true story very well or be able to put down a good message addition to that and also have a very good script. Out of the nominees, I would say that the strongest one here is Belfast. I think that there was a lot of personal touch that Rana put into this. His story, I think, helped make this message extremely impactful. I think Don't Look Up had issues with that, but it was an interesting screenplay. King Richard kind of fudged the story a little bit, and Licorice Pizza also had issues, I feel, and Worst Person in the World was fine, but nothing great. And when it comes to Adapted, it's a really good idea to get, obviously, the true story of what the novel or whatever it is based off of fairly well. And I can't really comment too much on that, at least with some of these, because I haven't read these books. Nominees for this are Coda, Drive My Car, Dune, The Lost Daughter, and Power of the Dog. I will say there is a slight snub here for The Green Knight, which is an adaptation of a story, and I think that that should have been nominated here, but that goes without saying. And I think when it comes to screenplay, I think it's going to be honestly between Power of the dog and coda i think dune has a very strong screenplay but it's not a complete story so i don't think that that one works very well either but power of the dog is extremely impactful with its message it has a very tight script coda the same personally i would say that arguably coda is a better film but i wasn't so much paying attention to the script and everything whereas power of the dog i think required a lot more technique so i would say that power of the dog had a little bit more to do with the script the next category is for production design and the nominees for this are dune nightmare alley power of the dog tragedy of macbeth and west side story when it comes to the categories this is one of the strongest categories all of these films had a amazing production. Dune looked fantastic for a fictional place. Nightmare Alley had some beautiful shots. Power of the Dog had some beautiful shots. And Tragedy of Macbeth had basically three stages, but somehow made it feel huge. West Side Story was done very well from a, honestly, a choreography perspective and the costumes and everything. I think that so much here in this category is really, really good. If I really had to pick, I would say that it would be Tragedy and Macbeth and, and that's mainly because of the fact that it could take such a small stage and make it feel epic that really comes down to the production and not to say anything against any of these because I think all of them did really well now the next category is for original score which goes for don't look up to Nicholas Bertel Dune for Hans Zimmer, Encanto, Jermaine Franco, Parallel Mothers, Alberto Iglesias, Power of the Dog, Johnny Greenwood. Now, again, similarly, with a snub here, I would say Daniel Hart should have gotten some nomination for his score. I think it was very impactful. Out of these, honestly, I would say the one that I most paid attention to was Hans Zimmer's Dune, mainly because it really shook me when I watched the film. Power of the Dog, I think, also has a very strong case for it. The other ones, I would say, are fine, but I wouldn't say that they're very very strong 
based on that, I would say Dune is probably going to win. However, we'll see. The next category is for cinematography. The first one is Greg Frazier for Dune, Dan Lauston for Nightmare Alley, Wegner for Power of the Dog, Bruno Del Bono for Macbeth, Janusz Kaminski for West Side Story. Now, I will say again, a snub here is Andrew Droz Palermo for The Green Knight. I think that some of his cinematography was beautiful to see, but I will say again, when it comes to Nightmare Alley and Dune, these two had some amazing cinematography. And same thing with Macbeth. These three films are the strongest in this category. Not to say anything against Power of the Dog. I think it had some nice cinematography as well. West Side Story was fine, but I wouldn't say anything great about it. If I had to pick out of these two, I personally would say cinematography of Nightmare Alley was slightly better. And that's just because it's more theatrical in a way. But Dune really was fantastic. So I would be really fine with seeing either of those two. Del Bono for Macbeth, I think he does a really great job, but I didn't so much notice the cinematography as much. I noticed more of the production value, and I think that's why it's a little bit lower, but I'd be fine with it winning. The next category is the female supporting actor category with Jesse Buckley for The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose for West Side Story, Judy Dench for Belfast, Kirsten Dunst for Power of the Woods, Ajuana Ellis for King Richard. Now, I think it's a pretty easy win here for Ariana DeBose. She was the only person out of all of these that I saw as a scene stealer. She was honestly ridiculously amazing. And it's really hard to see how any of these could really outshine her. Kirsten Dunst, I would say, is maybe the next one. She does arguably do her best performance in this role, but I would say that still DeBose really, really outweighs her completely. So then we have male supporting actor with Syrian Hines for Belfast, Troy Coster for Coda, Jesse Plemons for Power of the Dog, J.K. Simmons for Being the Ricardos, Cody Smith-McPhee for Power of the Dog. Now, similarly to the female supporting actor category, I think it's pretty strong leaning toward Troy Kotzer for Coda. I think he was really amazing. He pulls at your heartstrings, and this goes without saying verbal words. Honestly, he played a character that, even though he is deaf himself, he still pushed the acting category here very, very strong. The only other one that I would say actually has some sort of an argument would be Cody Smith-McPhee. He does a really good job in that film. The other ones... Jesse Plemons doesn't do anything fantastic that makes him stand out. Hines in Belfast, I think his character was written well. I didn't think he had that great of a role. And then J.K. Simmons, I don't even know why he was nominated. He didn't really stand out in any way. He was fine, you know, but it wasn't anything great. Going on to female leading actor, you have Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Livia Coleman for The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers, Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart for Spencer. Now, I'm gonna be honest here. There is a small snub for Emily Blunt here for Quiet Place 2. I think she should have been nominated. I don't think she would have won, but I do think she should have been nominated because Nicole Kidman should not belong here at all. She wasn't anything great. She was fine. She kind of looks the part, if anything, but that's as far as I would go to saying that she played Lucy. Penelope Cruz is potentially the next lowest one here. And then Olivia Coleman after her. I think they both do decent jobs, but I don't think that they really stand out in any way. I think the top two here are Jessica Chastain as Tammy Faye. I think she is sometimes unrecognizable. And honestly, I think Kristen Stewart here could really pull this out. I think she has a good case to be made. I think that Jessica Chastain obviously has a little bit more push to her name than Stewart does, but 
I would say Stewart is my slight favorite over Chastain, but I will say that Chastain was more utterly surprising in a kind of average biopic, whereas Kristen Stewart was amazing in a really good film. In the in this moment, I would say I'd prefer it to go to Kristen Stewart over Chastain. Having said that, would not be disappointed with Chastain winning. Then we got the male leading actor, and you have Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for Power of the Dogs, Andrew Garfield for Tick Tick Boom, Will Smith for King Richard, Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. Now similarly to the leading actor category, I would say that there was a slight snub here for Dev Patel in The Green Knight. Again, I wouldn't say that he would win, but I do think he should have been nominated over Javier Bardem. Similarly to Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos, did nothing great as the character that I would say he's definitely Desi you know I Cumberbatch I think is fine personally my favorite here is Andrew Garfield at Tick Tick Boom this I think he has deserved an Oscar for a while and same thing with Will Smith honestly but I think Will Smith is probably the favorite here to win Denzel is amazing and and he does a fantastic performance but if I had to really say I would say my pick is Garfield but I would probably see Will Smith pulling this out I really do hope that Garfield wins though then direction we had Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Jane Campion for Power of the Dog, and Spielberg for West Side Story. Now, I will say that there's a slight snub here for Denis Villeneuve for Dune, Edgar Wright for Last Night in Soho, and David Lowry for The Green Knight. Now, all three of these were able to get some fantastic direction. Now, I'm going to be honest here. I think that Hamaguchi and Brana do really great jobs. Anderson, in my opinion, this is one of his weaker directional outings. He doesn't really do anything special in Licorice Pizza that really makes stand out. And Spielberg, I will say he was the most surprising, not in the sense that he was nominated, but more so in that he didn't come off to me as a musical director, but yet he does a fantastic job and that does show his skill. I don't think he should win here because if you look at even his other films in his filmography that he's been nominated for, West Side Story is not the strongest by far and his direction, though good in West Side Story is not really equal to any of those other awards that he gets. So if I had to really pick here, I would say Campion for Power of the Dog is an amazing direction. And I think that she should really pull out because she does put together a fantastic film. And I'd say after that, probably Brana for Belfast and then maybe Hamaguchi after that. But Anderson is definitely the lowest on this list and Spielberg is the second lowest. Now, best picture, and this is a lot. So we have Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Now, I will say there was a slight snub here for Spencer, Last Night in Soho, and The Green Knight. I'm gonna be honest here. When it comes to looking at some of these films, I can't believe that some of them are, have been nominated. Frankly, Licorice Pizza, I don't think was anything fantastic. I think it's gonna be forgotten by the wayside. And I would say, honestly, with Don't Look Up, too. I think it doesn't hit all of its marks. And I won't go into the full analysis here. And you, you can go back and look at the episode for it, but I will say that it just doesn't hit all the notes, you know? And looking at this, when it comes to, again, best picture as a whole, Dune, honestly, does not equal that because of the story. King Richard's fine. I don't think it really steps outside of the ballpark when it comes to great filmmaking of a biopic. I think it's fine. Nightmare Alley, I think, is great filmmaking. Belfast, again, I would say is good, but not really at high filmmaking. 
I would say, honestly, my pick for best picture when it is Coda. I think that that is arguably the best film in this list. There is, there is nothing wrong with that story. Now, Power of the Dog, I think, is a high second place of these films. I think it's going to be a real push to take the take the award from Coda. I think that film has the strongest possibility of doing that. Nightmare Alley, I think, could as well, but I think it less is so. So I would say the top three would be Coda, Power of the Dog, and then Nightmare Alley. I would personally say Coda. Now that we've gotten through all the predictions, I want to talk about top 10 films of the 2021 movie season and then my top 10 favorite films. Now, I think that there is a significant difference here because of the idea of subjectivity versus objectivity, because sometimes there's a really great film, but it's boring as hell to get versus a really bad film that you really love. There is a difference between these two things. Now. Starting at the bottom of the top 10 films, and I will say this, there are on the top 10 made films of last year, there are no comic book films. So at number 10, we have Quiet Place Part 2. I think that this film was fantastically made. It's thrilling. The acting is great in it. It was a great sequel. I think it honestly, because it came out so early in the year, people forget about it. And same thing with the next one, which, which is Candyman. And that is a sequel to the original. It was fantastically made. And honestly, I think that it should be noted as a really great film. I think people forget about it and people think that it's going to be a overall thriller or an overall scary movie, but it's not. It's not meant to be that. It's meant to be a socially conscious film like Get Out or Us. Like there are films that have messages and I think that's what really works with them. A lot of people went into that film expecting one thing and didn't look at what the film was actually trying to do because it wasn't what they wanted to do. And I think that's one of the biggest things when it comes to certain films that you have to accept is that films are not going to be always doing what you want them to do. They are doing what the director and the writer want to do. That's the point of them. So looking at it from that lens and seeing how certain aspects work within what they're trying to tell, that's the key to actually looking at it if a film is really well done. At number eight, I have Last Night in Soho. I think this is Edgar Wright's best film that he's ever made. It's not typical Edgar Wright in the sense of it definitely has a lot more mature themes. I'm really surprised that this film didn't get picked up for a lot more nominations from any of the categories I've already talked about, but also I'm surprised more people aren't talking about it. I think there is such a great film and it is absolutely a fantastically made film. It looks great, the soundtrack is pretty amazing, and again, I'm really surprised people aren't talking about it. So at number seven, I have Drive My Car. I think that this is a very well-made film. It is a very long film, and it feels that way, but it is well-acted, it deals with complex themes, and symbols that it goes through are really well done as well. Then at number six, I have Spencer. I think that this film was very interesting to watch, and and frankly had some great acting, great direction. That wasn't a typical biopic. I think it really goes into a psychological aspect of Princess Diana that we never really have seen before. And it, it does have some great themes as well and really is about a, a woman trying to find herself. And I think like that was such a great thing to see. 
So then at number five, I have Nightmare Alley. And Nightmare Alley it looks amazing. The acting's great, has everything fantastic about it. It does feel a little long, but the tragedy that a lot of the characters go through is immensely done well by Guillermo del Toro. This isn't his best film by far, but it is such an amazingly made film that I think people forget about because they expect it to be more fantasy. And again, this goes back into don't go into something expecting something from a director. Go in looking at it. What are they trying to do in within this story? And from that angle, Del Toro nails it. So at number four is Power of the Dog. I think that this film, like I already have talked about, it has some great messages, great themes. It is a thriller that may need two times of viewing to fully appreciate for most people. And I think that's the only negative I would say about it. It has some great acting, great cinematography, great everything. Then the next film that I would put on this list is Coda. And the only reason I have it as number three is because it's frankly a film that is great in every aspect, but it doesn't have moments of this is cinema. This is such an amazing masterpiece of art. No, it doesn't. But the story is great. The coming of age aspect is fantastic. It's really done extremely well. Now, I would say that Green Knight is maybe a little bit too artsy for some people, um, and Tragedy of Macbeth is a better made film because it's more concise and doesn't leave anything really up to interpretation, and it's a more complete from start to finish, whereas The Green Knight does require some more analysis into. So I would put at number two, The Green Knight, and then at number one is Tragedy of and like I've said, I think that this film is really, really fantastically made. If you're a theater buff or if you're just into reading Shakespeare or just fantastic acting pretty much across the board, this film has it all. It looks great, sounds great. There's really nothing wrong with this film. And honestly, the top three films are the ones that like, I would have said are perfect films from start to end. But the top 10 of my favorite films, we start down at the bottom. We have a director's cut, and no, it is not the Snyder cut. It is Rocky IV director's cut. And I say this because this film did a lot more to the story that even I didn't ask for, but it changed it in a way. And I do think that new film, even if director's cut are obviously very much new films. The Snyder cut, I do think is a little long, if anything, but I'm not gonna go into that here. But yeah, Rocky IV director's cut, I think this is something that needs to be talked about a lot more. I think it is done very well and puts it on the level of the higher level Rocky films. Then at number nine is the only comic book film on this list is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I think that this film is arguably one of the best origin stories of the MCU. I loved it for its representation. Yeah, it's not a perfect Marvel film by any means. It's not even the top three, but last year it was fantastic and I loved it. I love seeing the antagonist of the film not be really a villain, just kind of being a tragic character. That was really fantastic and they kind of reimagined some things that I really enjoyed. Then at number eight is my favorite musical of last year and at this point it is in my top five musicals of all time and that's In the Heights. I love the songs. I love the themes that it had to do with. I've listened to that 
that soundtrack so many times. It's just a lovely experience to watch over and over again. Then at number seven is the first Oscar-nominated film on this list, and that's Power of the Dog. I think that this film was immensely well-made. I absolutely loved it. I think that it does take the two viewings, even though I didn't need that. I think that a lot of people will, and I think that's why it's on a little bit lower on the list, but it is such a great film, and I enjoyed every minute of that, and I want to revisit it. Then at number six is Quiet Place Part 2. I really enjoyed this film. It's honestly one of the top sequels in a really long time. And then right above that, similarly to that, is Candyman. Loved it. I already talked about it. And then at number four is Last Night in Soho. Again, it's, it's a shame that this film isn't being appreciated enough by a lot of people. I think there was a lot of great things going on in this. And then numbers three to one, are they the exact same as the other ones? Number, so at number three is the same as what I had in the top films, which is Coda. But I would say that in my favorite films with number one and number two, I personally would say The Green Knight is my favorite film of 2021. And then that's followed by Tragedy of Macbeth because I love stories that require more analysis and more thinking than what's just shown on screen at once. I love the fact that I can go into this film and analyze how certain things mean more than other things. Tragedy Macbeth doesn't really have that as much, and I think even though it's an amazingly made film, I think that if you've seen a Macbeth story, you've seen this story, but it's such a perfectly made film, you know? I have to watch The Green Knight more and more, but every single time I love watching it because I get lost in this world, and I really think that none of the other films on this list have that. I don't get lost in it. I can get lost in The Green Knight. And it's just how the music works and how the direction, the cinematography, and honestly, this coming of age story. And it's just more and more analysis that can come from it that really make the film absolutely my favorite film of 2020. We've made it to the end of season four. Thank you to everyone who has listened the entire way. We have covered 38 movies, which is a little bit less than last year, but that's okay. It's been still a very long season and I appreciate every single one of you listening. Now a quick preview to what is to come on in season 5 is the full analysis of the Batman along with an Oscars reaction. Now I know I've talked about Batman already on the big screen breakdown podcast but I wanted still to go into a full analysis of that film in the coming weeks so look out for that coming soon. Now what were your favorite movies of last season and what were the best films of last season? Let me know. Hit me up on social media. The formal review is on Facebook, Twitter, and the Gram and also YouTube. The handle's all the same. It's at the formal review. And for anyone who has supported me on a financial basis, I thank you very much for supporting me in that way. For anyone who wants to support, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash the formal review. Click support this podcast and any donation is appreciated. Thank you all again for tuning in. And until next time, if you're able to, get vaccinated. And I'll see you at the movies. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the formal review. Cheers. And we'll see you next time. Characters.